Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming new moon on November 4th, 2021. So before we get started, please keep in mind, I do use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology. So if you follow Western tropical astrology, this is not going to be correct. I am using the astronomical placement of the planets, which is going to be the sidereal system of astrology. And I do like to let you all know that I do reside in Austin, Texas. And so the time that I use is central standard time. So the new moon again is going to be taking place on November 4th around 4 p.m. <laughs> Central Time and the moon is going to be in the sign of Libra in the nakshatra of Swati. Um, before we get started I do just want to talk to you guys about this. I had been trying to figure out my Enneagram for months and Every time I took the test, I would get something a little bit different. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if it's just the mood that I'm in or the environment that I'm in, but I don't, you know, I'm not necessarily sure why I keep getting different results. But because I kept getting different results, I decided, whatever, you know, I wasn't going to invest so much time into it. And then I found this woman on Instagram. Her name is Ashton. And so it's Enneagram Ashton. And she had posted a video saying that your Enneagram never changes and that you can't really rely on tests directly to give you a specific result. So anyway, her little video on Instagram was super compelling. And so I booked a session with her. I'm not sponsored, not getting paid to say any of this, not getting any kickback, but Enneagram Ashton was it was really a positive experience for me. Super professional. Um no BS, you know, short and to the point. So if you've been trying to figure out your Enneagram and you were like me and kind of struggling to figure out which one you were, I definitely recommend booking a session with her. It's It was super, super helpful. And just she's such a wonderful person to work with. Fun date idea. If you and your partner can have a good sense of humor about yourselves, look up your Enneagrams, do the tests. Um, I did a paid test. It was like $12. I definitely recommend doing that one because it did give me the accurate result that Ashton confirmed. Um and we were like looking at our types in dating and like the difficulties in dating our types and we were laughing it was so fun so again if you and your partner or partners have a good sense of humor and can make fun of yourselves i highly recommend doing it because it's a lot of fun and it does like call you out and help you give name to different deficits that you may have or struggles that you may have and again it's just I, I could go on and on about how funny it's been and how he and I kind of keep referring back to our types and, and all of that. So definitely recommend it. It was a lot of fun. And if you like astrology, you might like Enneagram. You might like human design. Of course, for human design, I like to go to Pavi, who I've had on my podcast before. So anyway, let's go ahead and talk about the new moon. I've been contemplating this new moon and really just sitting with the significance and so I am really excited to share with you all just the meaning of Libra and Swati and the type of energy that it's going to evoke publicly in the media in the masses and then how it may impact us on an individual level so again this new moon is taking place in the sidereal sign of Libra and something that's really interesting about Libra is that it is right it's represented by the scales and it's represented by balance. But something that I found about the sign of Libra is that their life is usually revolving around finding 
balance, creating balance. They may feel off balance. So part of their path is learning how to find balance and equanimity in their lives and how to bring it to the world around them. So that's something really powerful about Libra. Of course, Libra is also going to be associated to the arts, to luxury. It's a Venus ruled sign. And it also has a lot to do with justice. This is where Saturn is exalted. When Saturn is in the sign of Libra, it's exalted because it's free to administer justice. What it believes is right, what it believes is wrong, what it believes is ethical. So again, Saturn thrives in Libra because Libra is justice oriented. This is what Libra is all about. They are the perfect judges because they are able to see clearly. They are able to be fair. And then, of course, in Vedic astrology, we look at the sign. But then we also want to look at the nakshatras, which are going to be the lunar mansions within the sign. So there are 27 nakshatras total. And within Libra, there are going to be three Um and in the heart of Libra, in the center of Libra, we have the nakshatra of Swati. That means that Swati is pure Libran. And so Swati nakshatra is such an amazing nakshatra for many different reasons. Uh, one of my personal favorites because Swati is literally associated with the independent one also the learned one so there's this independence there's this wisdom this knowledge swati the symbol for swati is a shoot of grass blowing in the wind so there's this flexibility to it but there's also this this energy of not wanting to be contained of not wanting to be tied down they're independent and so there is a lot of energy with swati around independence and separating themselves from other cultivating a sense of individuality which we're going to talk much more about the deities for swati is vayu which i definitely want to get into and of course the goddess saraswati right saraswati she's the goddess of learning she gives us the power of speech she's the goddess of communication of knowledge she's also the goddess of music Saraswati is one of the most powerful, in my opinion, um, one of the most powerful goddesses. And so she's lending that energy to Swati, that energy of, of being intelligent, of being knowledgeable, of being communicative. But then we also have to pay a lot of attention to Vayu because Vayu is going to be one of these main deities. And Vayu is the wind element and when we get into Vedic philosophy, air and wind, both of these are associated with movement of activity, also of knowledge, of creativity. It's going to have a lot to do with travel. And again, I think I said this already, but communication. But when we think of air and wind, we cannot contain it. It is free. It's going to be uncontained. And it's going to be free flowing. And it's going to like to change direction whenever it wants to. So when we're looking at this new moon globally, you know, I mean, there are a few things going on with the new moon. Um, when the moon is new, it means that the moon and the sun are close together so that the moon is completely dark. There is no light being reflected from the moon. Energy usually drops. 
irritability usually arises, sleepiness usually arises. And on top of that, this new moon is going to be with the planets of Mars and Mercury. So the communication piece is going to be amplified. But when Mercury and Mars are together, it creates, as I've mentioned many times before, this lawyer mouth effect. So when we have the energy of Swati, which is wanting to be independent, free, uncontained, there's a steadfastness to it. I do think that there are going to be people who are wanting to stand up for what they believe in verbally. And again, Libra has to do with like justice and what is fair. So people vocalizing what they believe is fair and honestly fighting for what they believe is fair because Mars is also involved. In addition to this, it's being aspected by Uranus, it's being aspected by Saturn. I would definitely be extra mindful on this day on November 4th. I think that there is going to be a higher chance of accidents, injury, arguments, issues with authority, issues with the father. Your mom could even be, your mother figure could even be more sensitive on this day. Overall, the likelihood of sudden events, of accident, of injury, having confrontation, it's going to be amplified. I definitely recommend watching out for that. And on an individual level, when we're looking at this in our own life, we ourselves may feel touchy and we may get triggered easily. We may uh, snap back quicker. And especially because, again, Swati is that independence. It is wanting to set ourselves apart. When I think about that, when I think about independence and setting ourselves apart, it's like this is already something that is, right? When we are in our human bodies, when we're in our incarnations, we are already separate of other beings physically. And so the balanced Swati is going to be able to see, oh, I'm already different. I'm already set apart. What can I do to find similarities? What can I do to create harmony? What can I do to create balance? So that's something that I recommend focusing on Um, and the natural energies of the cosmos may bring out a little bit of that spiciness, you know, a little bit of that tendency to want to vocalize what we believe is fair and what we believe is just and it it can of course result in verbal confrontation for sure Um, and accidents, you know, Oh my gosh, I don't like talking too much about things on the news because I feel like we're already inundated with news stuff, but I've been watching the news and there have been some really awful accidents that have been happening. This is the type of energy right now, especially with that Uranus aspect. It's giving that sudden um, event. And so, and of course, with Mars being combust and the sun being debilitated, it's just a time to be extra careful and be extra mindful. And the new moon is always a time to be mindful with all of this other energy on top of it. Just please be extra careful on November 4th. And, you know, as I'm thinking about Swati and the energy of Swati and this energy of wanting to be individualized and freedom oriented and justice oriented and not wanting to be contained. I've been really thinking about this because the new moon is a time of setting intentions. It's a time of beginning again. The moon is dark. It's like a dark seed that's planted in the sky full of potential. 
And so I think that this is actually something that many people struggle with is allowing themselves to feel uncontained, allowing themselves to feel free and allowing themselves to feel independent. I think that we can be easily swayed by other people and we can be easily swayed by things that we see or things that we read. And so I think that this is an amazing opportunity to get really silent with ourselves and look within and remind ourselves of what it is that we believe. What is it that we see as just, that we see as fair? And really letting ourselves steep in that and then allowing ourselves to have the courage to stand by that while still remaining open and curious to the experience and perspective of other people. And this is such a massive art. The ability, first of all, I mean, it's all an art, the ability to first of all, um, recognize what it is that you believe and what you hold valuable. Second of all, to be able to vocalize that without feeling insecure. <laughs> Third of all, to be able to vocalize it while still maintaining confidence. And then fourth of all, to maintain that confidence and integrity while remaining compassionate and open to hearing other people. All of these are practices that I think can be challenging for people in various ways. And some questions that I think would be helpful to ask ourselves is what's keeping me from connecting to myself? What's keeping me from being able to connect with what I believe? And it could be a number of things. It could be being flooded by the opinions and views of others. It could be doubt of yourself and your ability to trust yourself. It could be fear of alienating yourself, of other people judging you. It could also be shame. Maybe you've been shamed for your beliefs before and so you've been afraid to vocalize them. And so I really encourage you to do a little bit of digging because this is very significant. When we lose touch with our beliefs and when we lose touch with our priorities, it can be incredibly isolating and we start drawing people into our lives who aren't really in alignment for us. When we're in touch with who we are and our beliefs and we're vocal about those things and we make it clear, our people start gravitating towards us. The more authentic we are with ourselves, the more authentic our connections are, the happier life is going to be. And this is the big thing that I have been really meditating on is what is keeping us from being free? Because this is such a freedom, independent oriented time. What's keeping us from being free on an individual level? And some things that I, w that I came up with is sometimes it could be a relationship. You know, a relationship, a connection with someone is inhibiting us. It's keeping us from shining our brightest, from exuding our most positive qualities. It could also be limiting beliefs that are keeping us from freely expressing ourselves. If there is that doubt, if there is that shame, if there is that fear a failure, rejection, that limiting belief is inhibiting us. It's acting as a prison. 
We are keeping ourselves imprisoned. So what can we do to work through these things to set ourselves free, to express ourselves and to stand proudly in who it is that we are in this life? And then the final thing that I was thinking of is, of course, addiction. If you've ever experienced any kind of addiction, the shackles that it creates are unlike anything you will ever experience. And when most of us think of addiction, I think that we go to alcohol or drugs. Sometimes there's like a food addiction or a porn addiction, shop, shopping addiction, gambling addiction. But there's also this addiction to social media. And for myself recently, I really had this moment of I'm addicted to social media, as most of us are, and I'm not free totally. I'm not totally free because I have this addiction to social media, and so I decided to take a break. I'm not currently on any social media platforms. It's been a couple of days. I plan to go maybe like two weeks or something like that. Um, and then maybe set more firm rules with myself. But when we are placing our importance on external validation, or we're placing our importance on an item, or a person, or a thing, or a status, or a like, or a follow, this is the antithesis of being free. Freedom and liberation is when we don't have addiction, when we don't rely on the outer world to constantly affirm us, when we don't rely on an image that we've created to make us happy, right? Freedom is what we feel within when we're very true to ourselves, when we're very true to the present moment, and when we fully embrace what we have in the present moment. To me, that's really what freedom is. And the other thing that I was thinking about, I'm going to tell y'all a story from the Bhagavad Gita. I taught about this in my um, Inner Knowing Vedic coaching program. So in the Bhagavad Gita, it has this really amazing analogy for the soul and the mind and the intelligence and the five senses. And so it's saying that the human essence, the human experience is essentially like a chariot being driven by five horses. And so the five horses represent our senses. The reins to the horses represent our mind or the manas. The chariot driver is our intellect. The chariot itself is our human body. And the passenger in the chariot is our soul. And for the most part, these five horses are running rampant right? We have our five senses. We want, you know, cake. We want alcohol. We want this beautiful thing that we see. We want sensory gratification. We want all these things. And the horses are just going crazy. And the reins are completely out of control. Our mind is just wandering around being led by our senses. But the more that we practice mindfulness and the more that we practice meditation, what it does is it strengthens the charioteer. It strengthens the driver. So the driver has more control over the mind, the manas, and because the intellect or the, the buddhi, buddhi is the intellect, is the charioteer, the more that we strengthen our intellect or buddhi, the more control we have over the mind or the manas, and we can control our five senses. 
And I think that there is some merit to indulgences. And I think that there is merit in sensory gratification. For sure, we're human. We're supposed to enjoy these things. But if we are totally led by the senses, and these are the most important things in our life, and they are dictating our choices, and they are keeping us from living other aspects of our life, like developing healthy relationships, having a career, um, really cultivating skills, that means that those five horses are out of control. And I, I actually heard something the other day. It, <laughs> I'm not by any means comparing us to dogs, okay? But I do have a dog. I adopted my foster dog. And I took him to training. I took him to a training place just to scope it out. And something that the woman said is a trained dog is a free dog. And so I thought about that. And I was like, a trained dog is a free dog. And so I started thinking about discipline and meditation and having these touchstones in our life that keep us on the right path and when we have that discipline and we have that control over the senses that is what really sets us free it's it's an interesting paradox you know because i think when some people think about discipline or control they're like that's the opposite of freedom but it's really not because when we're disciplined and when we have control we're no longer being led around by the five horses and when we take control when we gain control of the senses and we make decisions that's when we are driving our passenger or higher meaning in the direction we want it to go and so coming back to this concept of Swati and freedom and independence, remember, this is Saraswati. This is the goddess of knowledge. This is the goddess of learning. So it's being able to know that when we come back to ourselves, when we make decisions from the intellect, when we spend time in meditation, when we spend time developing control over our mind and over our senses, that's when we're free. Because this is when we are free of addiction, when we are free from this need of, of sensory gratification, because we know that these things are temporary. We know that they're finite. They, the pleasure that we derive from them lasts a fraction of a second or whatever. And so it's a time to ask ourselves, what do we really want to become? What do we really want to invest our time and our resources in? Who do we want to be? And can we cultivate that discipline to get there? So this was what I was contemplating and, and just kind of coming back to this idea of social media is it's like, yeah, I like social media. I like posting. I like connecting with people. But I'm, you know, shackled by this need to constantly check the phone, this need to constantly post, this need to constantly share. And it's taking me out of the present moment. I'm losing so many minutes, so many hours every day. That's not freedom, you know. And so that's what I was focusing on for myself is I want to be free of addiction. I want to be free of these tethers. I want to be more in my body, more in the present moment. And to be completely honest with you, a lot of this was inspired by my dog because he's so present, <laughs> so free. <laughs> um, and so, again, you know, ode to him, Madu is what I named the dog. Um, but... Just kind of, again, wrapping things up, things to focus on is what is your higher meaning when it comes to independence? And how can you 
connect with yourself in a more authentic way in your belief system and what you believe is fair and what you believe is right? And can you stand in that firmly while listening to others? And then finally, what does freedom mean to you? Where in your life are you not free? Is it an addiction? Is it a limiting belief? Is it negative self-talk? Is it a relationship? Is it a friendship? And what do you need to change? What intention do you need to set so that you can live life in a way that feels more free and more uncontained? And sometimes that may require more discipline in this really interesting way. So I do hope this was helpful. I hope that you're feeling inspired for the new moon. Um, just some other astrological ongoings before we get started. I had mentioned this on the November podcast, but by the time we have our new moon, Venus will be in the sign of Sagittarius. This is really significant um, on an individual level. It's a wonderful time to dive deep into your personal relationships. So rather be a friendship, an intimate partner, a business partner. It's an excellent time to ask deep penetrating questions, getting to the the root of things, really striving to understand and also being willing to share intimately yourself, sharing where things are coming from and the deeper meaning of things. You may feel a little bit more withdrawn in interpersonal relationships depending on your chart. So, you know, try to try to dive deep into yourself if that is the case. In the chart of the United States, I do not see this necessarily as being the most positive thing. I do think that it can bring um, enemies to the forefront. I think that it can bring controversy and difficulty, particularly as we move through the month when Venus moves into Porva Ashada, which is kind of like halfway into November. I do think that the month of November is going to carry a special sensitivity to it, particularly for the United States. And again, into December, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I don't recommend traveling as soon as Mars enters Scorpio. I really do not recommend traveling, not going to big social events, anywhere where people are gathering for specific events, I don't recommend attending. I, I think that things are going to be volatile and accident prone as we move into the end of the year. But this first half of November, I think is... Um, much more like accident related, injury related. I do think that there is going to be stress on the president. I do think that there is going to be stress on officials and people who are in charge and in power. Of course, I think when it comes to the masses, when it comes to us collectively, there's going to be more and more of this independence of the separateness of people wanting to divide and to stand out for their own individual way of thought. So that we can look out for. But again, as we move towards the end of November, especially when we have that eclipse around the 19th, and then when we move into December, I think that things are just going to be continuously escalating. So these are my predictions. I'll continue to keep you guys updated, especially when the eclipse comes, which is going to be one of the um, individual podcasts. But Again, on an individual level, even though we have this energy around independence and around separateness, I think that it's a wonderful time to cultivate that within ourselves while still remaining open and receptive to other people and keeping in mind that this is a brain thing. This is literally you strengthen a part of your brain when there's impulse control, <laughs> that compulsiveness to snap back or compulsiveness to put someone in their place or whatever, being able to hold back 
is a superpower. Being able to hold space for opinions that are different than yours is a massive superpower. This is the opportunity to flex that skill. So that is what I have for you all today with our new moon in Swati. Make sure and set amazing intentions and spend extra time with yourself. If you would like to learn how this new moon is going to impact you personally, sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. I'm taking a break from social media, but I'd still love to see you there eventually. Astrologynow underscore podcast is my Instagram. And my website is innerknowing.yoga if you would like to schedule a reading. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.